How you guys feeling? Everybody's feeling pretty cool today. So, and just picking up from our first few class sessions where we talked about and discussed self-discipline, right? The importance of self-discipline. That was pretty long, right? Pretty sure we got a lot out of that, right? Some new concepts, some new ideas, different perceptions, right? Of how we see things, how we see ourselves when it comes to setting goals and how we kind of navigate through this journey and what it kind of takes in order to get what we want out of life. Remember, we talked about the same 24 hours in a day, right? So now we're moving on to the second phase, the second phase where we're going to discuss emotional intelligence, emotional intelligence. So when I say emotional intelligence, what's one of the first things that come to your mind? Okay, cool. Especially, you know, the last two classes that we had, that was kind of an emotional class, right? Where we had a lot of things that we were bringing out. So I feel that it was imperative that we do now going to this concept of emotional intelligence. And what does that mean? When someone says, like, you have a high emotional IQ, right? What does that mean, you think? Uh, it means that you're able to identify your emotions and understand why you're Okay, I can take that, which causes you to have a high level of what? Emotional intelligence. No. Intuition. No, but if you're able to explain that type of concept, that means you're very what? No, you're very, there you go, say that again. Oh, self-aware. Self-aware, right? In order to even know that you have these emotions, you have to be what? You gotta be self-aware, right? How many emotions do you think you experience throughout the day? <laughs> Different emotions from the time you wake up, right? To the time you go to bed. How many you think? Not thousands, of course, but there are four main emotions that we do experience. What do you think one of them is? You definitely right. Fear. Right, anxiety because you're scared or afraid or something like that, right? What is another one? Sadness, right? Confused, right? How do you regulate these different emotions, though? How do you become in tune with these different emotions? But not only that. How do you begin to manage these emotions, right? Understand the roots. Definitely. Oh, that's a good one too, right? Understanding the roots of what was given to us in our upbringing and how we react to things. I was listening to a podcast over the weekend, right? And the gentleman stated something about when you pay attention to children from the ages of birth through eight years old, kind of happy, kind of free, not a lot of difficulties that they deal with in terms of life, so to speak. And then let's just say when we come from our environments that we come from and you see someone who grows up and they become, you know, very abusive towards women or abusive towards men or whatever. It is, what do you think they get that from? Their parents, who they were taught with. From the environment, right? That primary caregiver, your parents or whatever, right? So when you look at yourself and how you see yourself up until this point, if there's any confusion, if there's any frustration, if there's any anger, if there's any hatred, what do you think that stemmed from? Childhood, right? There's the only place you're going to learn that, right? It's from the environment. So now as we kind of grow and we develop into young adults and we begin to plan out our lives, what we want to focus on is definitely understanding these emotions. So how does one become emotionally intelligent? How does one develop a high emotional IQ? Do you think there is a difference between your intellect and your emotional intellect? Which one you think is much more important? I think coincides with each other. 
Why? Because in order for you to have emotional intelligence, you have to have some kind of reasoning to be able to do that. But you necessarily don't need IQ to learn emotional intelligence. Mm -hmm. Though having emotional intelligence could actually build your other side, which is your IQ, this confidence. Okay. I can see how you can have that theory, but what about when you have individuals who have a very, very high IQ? What's ten, what do you tend some of the tendencies you see in those people? Very nervous, right? Very anxious, very off, right? Separated. They don't have a high emotional IQ. Right. Right? So that lets you know that doesn't go together. Right. In terms of even success. How of us who know we have, who work jobs, right? And you have a manager, supervisor, that's very smart, you know, and they know how to do that job very, very well, but they lack empathy and being able to connect and relate. They're always just focused on the job, right? Then you have a manager who may not, who may not, may or may not know that job just as well. Not as ineffective, but they rely on you a lot, but they know how to treat you. They know how to understand who you are. Which one do you think is much more effective in terms of helping you and wanting you to be at that particular job, right? The one you're able to adapt to has a high level of emotional intelligence. Because see, if I'm emotional and I have a high level of emotional intelligence, I can relate to you. I have empathy, right? So if I have empathy and I can relate to you, I can motivate you more to do the things that I can't do within that particular job, right? But if I'm, I just have a high IQ, I'm very, very smart. I'm not saying that this happens, but I'm probably going to be a little bit more dismissive in terms of your feelings and emotions because I'm only focused on what? In the job itself, right? That makes a world of a difference. Now, I want you to think about your life as you go through this and emotional intelligence. And what does that take for the different relationships that we need to manage along the way, be it with our family, friends, you know, uh, our career as we go along, and then we'll have children. Which one you think is more important, being very, very smart about life or having emotional intelligence and being able to adapt and understand people, right? And I remember in our last class, I always would say this a lot. I think it's important as you navigate through life that you become a reader of people that you learn to become a reader of people. What do I mean by that? To look at people without judgment, to understand why. Okay, that's a good one, but what else do I mean? Yeah, yes, yes, because I should be able to know when you're upset as we're beginning to talk and this conversation starts to get more, you know, emotional, so to speak. I should know when to come back, pull back, what words to use along the way, right? And what did I say last week with regards to emotions and relationships? Who should be in charge? Right? In every relationship in your life, from an emotional standpoint, you should definitely be in charge of that. <clears throat> no one should be able to pull you out of character from an emotional standpoint, right? We always say this, 99.9% .9 of the times, no one's gonna put their hands on you and do anything to you physically. It's usually what? That gets me riled up, upset, and sends me into an area in a different emotional state. It's this, right? Someone, like you come home, you're feeling good, great day at work or school, and as soon as you kick the door open, someone gets to yelling at you, telling you, what does that do to you emotionally? Right? Right in the door, because now you got to switch. You got to switch. You got to turn it off. You got to turn that off and adapt in the moment. You got to adapt in that moment. You got to be able to relate to that particular moment and adjust to it. That takes a high level of an emotional intelligence in order to do that without mirroring that energy. Right? That's not an easy thing to do, neither, right? Not in the moment, unless you develop different tools and you have a different mindset where you're able to assess things on the fly to say, okay, maybe this is something that I just need to sit back and assess, let this person yell, get it out, do what they need to do. 
and then come from a different standpoint before I reply. And we'll get to that in this particular presentation where we'll look at some different concepts and ideas and use some strategies of how to do those things, all right? So, uh, Time Warner, this is, I forgot when this article was, but it's not your IQ, it's not even a number, but emotional intelligence may be the best predictor of success in life. Redefining what it means to be smart. Again, you got an intellect, high IQ, you're smart, you can do math very, very well. Very, very well. But you're also not adaptable, you know? Any little thing that comes your way from an emotional standpoint, you may not be able to handle it as well as you think one should. Because you're smart, yeah. But that level of emotional intelligence is very, very, very important in life. Think about the last class that we just had and all the different things that we discussed that we deal with personally, right? How do you navigate those things and grow past that from an emotional standpoint? From an emotional standpoint. From an emotional standpoint. Because I need you to find success in life. Because remember, I can't have the same mindset and attitude 10 years from now, right? And I can't have the same mindset and attitude as I begin to start my own family, right? So how do I get rid of that? How do I grow outside of that? The answer to that question is you must develop, you must develop a high level of emotional intelligence. You must want to increase your emotional IQ as you go through and navigate life. So emotional intelligence defined. There's a few definitions of how we'll define emotional intelligence. So ability to recognize and understand our emotions using this awareness to manage yourself and relationships with others. But in order to be at this particular point, I must first understand that concept of what? We already said the answer to it, having self-awareness, self-awareness. To even understand this, you have to be very self-aware internally of your emotions, those different moods, right? The sadness, the happiness, you know, the frustration, the confusion, right? I have to be aware of this, that this even exists within me and who I am. Because if I'm not, I can be pulled in so many different directions from an emotional standpoint, right? If I'm not aware. And we all agree with this too. When it comes to relationships, our career, families, people can do what? Suck the life out of you, right? From an emotional standpoint. From an emotional standpoint, right? Here's another definition. Emotional intelligence, I'm sorry, emotional intelligence. The capacity to be aware of, control, and express one's emotions and handle interpersonal relationships judiciously and empathetically. What do I mean by empathetically? We used that concept, that idea last class. What's empathy? Being able to do what? Right? And look at it from their perspective. How easy is that to do though? In a moment of anger. Right? Not that easy to do, right? When I'm angry and I'm frustrated, right? But along the way, as I begin to grow, you know, we're going to make mistakes, right? We know that. We're going to still experience times where we may need to lash out or something like that. That doesn't mean that we're not perfect. I'm sorry, nobody's perfect, but that doesn't make us imperfect because we do those things as we're growing along the way, right? But now I have this different idea. I have this different concept because now every individual in this class, we have an idea of, okay, I know I should be working on becoming more self-aware, right? I know that my success and my future is totally determined by who? Me, right? Everything's gonna fall on me, right? Being more self-reliant, right? Developing that self-discipline, right? Along the way. So now, how do I manage these emotions? How do I heal myself and overcome the anger, the hurt that was done in the past, right? How do I overcome that and become a more healthy person from an emotional standpoint?
right? We already know the first step is to become what? Very self what? Aware that that even exists in me, right? I know that I've been hurt in the past. I know I had a shitty upbringing, you know, the parents went, you know, all that I expected them to be. It hurt. Some things were said that I didn't like that really hurt me. But now I need to get past that. Not get over it, but get past it, right? Okay. For, yeah, yeah, you can forgive, right? In that concept, you're absolutely right. Remember, nobody gets a pass. Go back to empathy. Putting yourself in someone else's shoes. Go back to the mother and the father situation. I grew up, my parents may have not been the best. Then I'm asked that question, how do I know what it's like to be a father if I've never had one, mm-hmm. right? How do I know what it's like to be a mom if I've never had one as I've grown up? So now I'm trying to put myself in my mom's shoes while she's acting like this, put myself in my dad's shoes while he's responding like this, and it's based upon what they were given. Do they get a pass? No, but um, you do have an understanding of why. I do, I do. I have a much deeper understanding, in fact, right? So that does allow me to do what? For, forgive, right? That doesn't mean I need to go up to him and give him a hug and, you know, let out a bunch of juicy tears or anything like that, right? I could do this mentally, right? I can do this mentally and still move forward in life, right? And I know that in these relationships and family, people can suck the life out of me, right? So I need to be very mindful, very self-aware of that. So my favorite saying, of course, is in order to grow, you must do what? Let people and things go. In order to grow, you must let people and things go. And in order to reach that point, you must develop a high emotional IQ. You know those invisible anchors that tend to hold us down, right? It's my mom, it's my dad, that's my brother. I I can't just let them go. They have to always be a part of my life, no matter how bad it hurts. Could that be considered a mental illness too? In a form, right? Right? Remember we use that concept, you come in the door, punch you in the face? probably not gonna come back, right? Not gonna get punched again. But again, how many times do, or how, we, how many times have we been emotionally punched in the face for the last decade or so or more? But we still come back, invisible anchors, this undying loyalty, right? Because there's a emotional attachment, but an unhealthy emotional attachment to this. Could we be emotionally attached to chaos? Could we be emotionally attached to chaos and not know it and not be consciously aware of that? Go back to our growing into self-awareness, right? Now we know these things. We're kind of getting a different idea of how life works, right? At the end of the day, we'll go back and say, in life, if I'm not where I want to be five, 10 years from now, who can I blame? Who should I be blaming? Myself, right? You got new ideas, you got new concepts. And this is for those of us who are seeking change, who are wanting to heal, who are wanting to grow through life and not repeat the patterns of what was given to us, of what we saw growing up, right? How do I reach this point? Self-awareness, self-discipline, developing a high emotional IQ as we move forward through life, right? We gotta discipline ourselves to reach this particular point. That's where these different ideas and concepts come in play. Emotional intelligence is the key to both personal and professional success. Emotional intelligence is when you finally realize it's not about who. Exactly. And I wish our young lady was here today, too, who was going to the things at work, because that's another one, too, in these work environments. Developing a high level of emotional intelligence in these work environments. As you go through this, as you find your career, and you navigate through these. There's a difference between a job and a career, right? We're aware of that concept, right? There's a huge difference between a job and a career. When it comes to the job, right? 
it's expendable. I can always get another one, right? And always remember this, these jobs, when we take things personal in these jobs, she's not doing her job. Uh, she's showing up late and pulling all the work or da 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 da. That ain't your shit. You don't own it. It doesn't belong to you. Why are you pouring all your energy into that like that? And taking things so personal. You would be surprised to know how many times that I've worked in a job where someone doesn't show up. They call in sick and everybody's pissed. Because she called in sick. If she or he called in sick, is your check still the same amount? Yeah. Right? She, she doesn't want to come in. She doesn't have to. Why are you taking that so personal? It's not just shit. The owner's not even here. You rarely see him or her, right? Because they're much smarter than no. They had a dream or a passion. They started this business and then they pay you 10 bucks an hour to show up every day to make sure that it goes through. And you become emotional attached to someone else's shit. You're taking it all personal because somebody's not showing up or you feel that they're not doing it. But your check is going to be the same amount. Right? This is emotional intelligence, guys. Career is totally different. Career is something I'm passionate about, right? There's no reason for me to be upset and angry because I'm doing exactly what I want to do because I love doing this. And when I love doing something, I know for a fact that there will be challenges, there'll be obstacles, but I'm okay with that, right? Because this is what I want to do. I can accept the challenges and obstacles. I'm going to learn from those. I'm going to grow and I'll get in my 10,000 hours of becoming great at what I'm doing, right? but not for a job, right? So you gotta be able to separate the two in terms of emotional intelligence, especially in the work environment, all right? So here's another definition. Emotional intelligence. Emotional intelligence is your ability to recognize and understand emotions in yourself, emotions in others, and your ability to use this awareness to manage your behavior in relationships. to manage your behavior and relationships. To manage your behavior and relationships. Self-awareness, right? Someone says something, someone does something that I don't like, but I'm not self-aware. I don't have a high level of emotional intelligence. What am I gonna do? Somebody says something or does something that I do not like in a work environment, in a relationship, brother, cousin, sister, friend. I do not have a high level of emotional intelligence. I'm not self-aware. How am I going to respond typically? How you feel? Right? You mirror that energy or whatever it is that they're bringing to me, right? Is that healthy or unhealthy? Unhealthy. Right? Yeah, but how, look, look, remember this is a class is called what? Life planning, right? What about the people who you know in your personal life that are 50, 60, 40, 30 years old that still don't have that concept? Now, if you know this, that means you're self-aware, right? We just spoke about it. Now, if we're still struggling and dealing with our emotions and understanding it, what are you doing right now differently to make sure that you don't reach that point when you're 30, you're 40, you're 50? What are you going to do? Rhetorical question. There's not an answer I need right now. This is for you to ponder upon, right? This is for you to think about, right? Self-awareness, self-discipline, emotional intelligence. How are we tying all of these together? Manage your behavior and relationships. Uh, cognitive intelligence, again, cognitive intelligence, right? This is your ability just to learn and understand new situations, reason through and given a problem, and apply knowledge to a current situation. Look, one more time. 
cognitive intelligence, your ability to learn. You're learning something new. You're learning something new about yourself, uh, who you are as an individual. You're learning something new about these emotions. So you're learning to be more self-aware, right? And to understand new situations. So now I'm in new situations mentally, emotionally, even physically, because I'm starting a new journey. I'm going back to school. I'm getting a new job, new relationship, right? And then now I'm able to reason through and give up in any given problem. So now uh, a conflict arises, right? A disagreement arises. I'm aware of this now. I'm fully aware. So I'm going to respond a little bit differently, right? Because I have a new way of thinking and being, right? Uh, and apply this knowledge to my current situation. So I learn how to manage my behavior more better than I did in the past. Uh, something that's not toxic, something that's not unhealthy, something that doesn't hurt me. Uh, emotionally or physically, something that doesn't lead me to death, something that doesn't lead me to prison, something that doesn't lead me to hurt someone else, right? I know, I'm aware now, I'm aware, I'm growing, I'm growing, I'm fully growing, I'm evolving. This onion, there's another layer that has been peeled back. It's still kind of big, but now you just shedded a new layer of that onion, all right? So now you're growing more, you're more aware. So what are emotions? What are those emotions? Emotions, a piece of information that tells you something about how you are experiencing the world. Does anybody have an example? Yes, sir. So if you're angry, you would understand that, okay, this person said something that's ah, something yes. me, and now I'm feeling angry. Yes. Before I respond, my, I'm responding to a stimulus. Mm. That's a great one. Yeah, we ain't even touch upon the stimulus there. All right. Our one, I'm sorry, our one thing common to all thus provides a sense of community, are experienced internally and expressed externally. What do I mean by experienced internally? Come on, guys. Inside, right? Within. This is all within my head, right? This is how I'm feeling inside, right? And now what do I mean by externally? Your facial expressions, your language, your tone. And where it's coming from, the outside of who I am, right? It could be coming from you, him, her. Anybody, right? It's raining. It's snowing. I don't like that. Whatever it is. These are the external circumstances, right? All emotions are forms of, I love that word. Energy, energy guys. Energy. Pause. Let me digress for a second. Hear me out on this. Listen, listen. Hear me out. Hear me out. Listen on this. Uh, whatever you put out into the world, whatever you put out into the universe in terms of energy is going to come back to you with mathematical preciseness. Whatever type of energy you put out into the world is going to come back to you. Whatever type of energy you put out into the world is going to come back to you. That's also a concept of karma. Whatever type of energy you put out into the world is going to come back to you. Uh, I cannot give you daily positive experiences with a pessimistic negative mindset. Uh, assholes attract assholes. So if you're looking at yourself, right, and you're like, man, why do I have all this chaos in my life? Why do I keep experiencing all these things? What type of information and energy are you putting out? Yes. Yeah, right? Remember, it goes back to what I was saying. Remember, what type of conversations are you entertaining on a daily basis? What are you feeding your spirit on a daily basis? What are you digesting on a daily basis in terms of energy? In terms of energy. You woke up at 8 o'clock this morning. Your phone rang. It was your best friend. And he's telling you how his mom just put him out and he's got into a fight with his dad. His brother sucks and he got into it with his girlfriend. And he's failing school and he just doesn't know what to do. What type of energy is that? All right, right? But you're digesting this, you're feeding it, you're entertaining this, right? How does your day start off now? Not badly necessarily. It's not necessarily bad, but you're thinking about that stuff, right? Right? 
You're ingesting this, right? Into your spirit, right? And then as you go throughout the day, now you're going to work. You get to work. When your coworkers don't show up, you pissed. You mad. You feel you got to do all the work today now. You know, and not only that, I know for a fact you're talking about it. And you're telling other people about it, right? You're probably posting it on your social media as well, right? What type of energy are you putting out there? That's the stuff that you're going to get back. Those are the things that you're going to experience. 100%. Be mindful of the energy that you're putting out there. Be mindful of what you are ingesting in your spirit on a daily basis. Be mindful of the conversations that you are entertaining on a daily basis. Be mindful of the conversations you are having on a daily basis. Yes, sir. Suppress it. Suppress that. And because of that, we kind of feel like there's something in control. Mm. And wait, wait, you mean out of our control? Out of our control. Okay. Yeah, and the, the point of, uh, that's why I like Alan Watts, because he puts into theory that, no, you're actually, you are in control, but you forgot you were in control. And there's a certain amount of, uh, of awareness that you can have where you can choose to act upon your emotions and you can choose to uh, react to the energy that you're given. Um, or let go, or this and that. It's just, it, we were talking about that in philosophy, and it was, it was pretending more towards the religion and the story. I think that makes sense, right? But, uh, yeah. A lot of that's given to us early on, from childhood, right? And then we become disciplined in life to believe a certain pattern, well, we develop a certain pattern of beliefs about life, who we are, and the world around us. Although we may have never even experienced the world fully, we just experienced our environment, right? And we all know, as we go through life, uh, this big, huge glow, well, ball spinning, flowing throughout space thing is pretty big, right? For the most part. So it's, it's just not San Bernardino. It's just not Colton. It's just not Rialto. It's just not LA. It's huge. There's so many different cultures. There, you, you would be so hard pressed to believe the way so many different people in the world live on a daily basis that we would never even fathom, right? So it's just not about us. Now, one thing before I stop digressing related to this energy and we come from these negative environments, right? And what we tend to do is this. So hear me out. You'll come out of the environment and you'll remove yourself from it some type of way. However, you still have the same mindset as the environment and you treat the rest of the world as if it is the environment. So again, uh, we may come from an environment. I drop five dollars and People around me pick it up, don't even tell me. And I ask, hey, well, my money, they help me look for it. All the time is in their pocket, right? So we come out of the environment. We think the rest of the world is like that. And so we treat the rest of the world as if it's so. And again, the rest of the world is not the environment in which we come from. The rest of the world is not going to keep the $5 when you drop it. There is literally a nine times out of 10 chance if you drop it, the rest of the world is going to, hey, here's your money back. You dropped it. But again, we develop a certain belief pattern that me saying that is foreign in concept. It's a foreign concept. You're like, no, they won't. Everybody's gonna keep it in their pocket. No. If you believe that, they will. Your mindset, the energy that you put out there, they will. But if you don't, hey, sir, you dropped your $5. Here you go, you have it back. I don't need it. You can't take the same mindset that you develop in the environment, come outside of the environment and treat the rest of the world as if it's still the environment. What's the point of coming outside of the environment? You might as well just stay there in the chaos. Make sense to you guys? All right, no more digressing. Are both consciously and unconsciously generated? What do I mean by consciously, guys? 
right? Uh, what do I mean by consciously? I'm aware. aware. I'm aware. I'm conscious of I have on a gray sweater today, right? Now, what do I mean by unconscious? I'm not aware. So again, these different emotions that you experience on a daily basis, right? You may be unconscious of that. And somebody cuts you off in traffic again. You first thing you want to do is do what? React to it in a negative way, unconsciously, because you think, again, this is what you've been programmed to do. You're so angry. You're so upset. I need to go and give him or her the middle finger. I need to let them know that they cut me off. It's a must. Who are you to cut me off? Do you know what the day I've been having? You know what type of year I've been having? And you cut me off. It's not the fact that you cut me off. It's the fact that I've been dealing with so much. This is just the point of no return now. I just reached it. I'm fed up. But again, guys, that's dangerous. Definitely unhealthy as well. So now we know what consciously is, right? I'm aware of it. Unconscious, but I'm not aware of it. But I do it. Are modified by the socialization process and genetic makeup of a person's temperament. Are they good or bad? They just are. Emotions are data. Data. For understanding ourselves and others, right? Some of us, well, all of us for the most part as humans, we do kind of understand ourselves through emotions, right? Based upon how I'm feeling, what I'm going through, what I've experienced in the past. Remember what we talked about? How the person can be 40, my mama smacked me when I was 10, but I'm still there. Mentally and emotionally, I haven't even grown past that. And I even act that way in my behavior, right? We've seen that, right? We know people, right? Like that. Uh, for making decisions, emotions, right? How many of us have made an emotional decision before? Come on, come on, of course, of course. Yeah, definitely we have, right? Uh, for initiating actions, how many of us have, you know, made great decisions off there, right? Emotions, right? I feel good about a new idea, concept, a dream, a goal, and what I do. Take action, right? I move off of that, right? Uh, for protecting us as well, right? You peep something, you see something, and you're like, eh, I already see that, let me move over here. I remember how that felt from an emotional standpoint. I don't want to experience that again. I already see where this is going to. All right, so look at these emotions. There you go, guys. That's what we need to see right there. All emotions are a shade or mix of these four. We're either glad, right? We're either mad, scared, or sad. So that glad is associated with what? Right? That fear is, I'm sorry, scared, I'm associating that with fear. And sad is associating it with the what? And when I'm mad, anger. So those are those four emotions, right? So on a daily basis, uh, by a show of hands, how many of you guys experience sadness? How many of you guys experience joy? Fear. What's something that makes you fearful on a daily basis? Mr. Harrington. Bless you. A fear is losing my grandma. Mm. Who else raised their hand for fear? What's something you experience fear for on a daily basis? Getting pulled up on. Getting pulled up on? What do you mean? Um, you get up on oh, that's game, right? All right, gotcha. Who, what do you experience fear on a daily basis? Okay. That is deep, and I like that, though. I'll take that concept. What's something you fear? Don't say that's a thing. Like, I feel like I have to live my life open. I feel potential, so 
Mm. So I'm gonna use you two as an example, right? That's a fear, right? It's a fear, right? And you fear this concept, right? So what are you doing on a daily basis to ensure that you do get what you want out of this? Okay. Improving and treating people like the way I want to be treated, so I want to leave a messy taste in their mouth for me. Right. So how do I subside that fear to not to not experience that on a daily basis as I move forward in life? Right? So as time goes by, two, three years from now, we see each other and I ask you the question. I'm assuming that my fear would not be there, then, right? Maybe you can, you can develop a new fear too, right? As you grow through this, right? But that fear specifically. So if you have a fear right now, I would ask you like, what are you doing right now to kind of outgrow that, to combat that particular fear? What steps are you taking, right? Because, you know, sometimes that fear can be paralyzing, right? Now, if you have that deepness of saying, this is how I want to be remembered in life, it could be so paralyzing that you don't even move forward. You, where you experience paralysis, then that fear overtakes you. And remember, the thing that you fear the most will sometimes come true. That's just something to think about, to ponder upon, right? Then, all right, so how much of that joy? How many of us experience joy on a daily basis, right? When we get what we want. How many of us want more of that, right? You work towards it, you build, right? So whatever you're doing, what's the thing that you experience with joy in? On a daily basis? Playing guitar. Playing guitar. Playing guitar. All right, cool. And that brings you joy, right? On a daily basis, right? 24 hours in a day. How many hours are you playing guitar? At least, like, five. five hours a day, right? So five hours a day, I'm experiencing joy. I want more of that, right? I want more. I want 10 now. So how do I get to 10 hours of joy a day? If a guitar is my thing or, you know, I'm, whatever that is, they're your thing that gives you that joy. How do I enhance that and make more time for that? I know, right, you do. You definitely want to do that. But I'm just giving you guys the idea, the concept to think about this. The motivation. Right. Like to want to do more, to experience that. And now I can eliminate the amount of time, hours, minutes throughout the day that I spend in fear of thoughts of dying or losing someone or something like that. So I switch that and I feed my spirit more of my guitar playing, right? And then I develop a new joy, right? I look for something else. So if that brings me, I put that on a level of 10 and say, my guitar playing, that's 10 on my joy. And then throughout the day, then there's one that gives me seven. Then there's one that gives me six. So what I do is I try to bring more of that into my life, right? I try to find more ways to spend more joy joyful moments. Well, I can't do that because, why? Well, I got to work. I got to go to school, right? But I've got to work, but I hate my job. So that's one of those things that bring me anger, right? I don't want more of that. So what I'm going to do, I got to enhance my skill set, do something, become an entrepreneur, find a new way to get myself out of this portion and move me much more up here. So now I got two areas in my life that I eliminated to bring me now instead of five hours of that joy, now I got 12. 12 hours a day, I'm feeling good. 12 hours a day, I feel good. I feel great. Now, does this happen overnight? No. Of course not, right? You got to build yourself up to it. So even if you reach 10 years from now, then you reach that point. That is success. Because remember, you're not going to die. You're going to literally be 100 years old. Right? So I'm just learning. I'm just going through the process. I'm growing, finding new ways of thinking and being to put myself in a new mind state where I can live life on my terms. Right? I feed this to others. I develop healthy habits in life that allow me to have a healthy outlook and view of who I am. Despite what I've been through in the past, forget all that, right? Because I'm growing out of that. I know that this is not me. I know that this is not the rest of the world. 
I have yet to really experience what it is that I want in this thing called life. All right, so here, let's look at this quick video. Uh, you guys know John McEnroe, I've heard who he is, right? The tennis player from the 70s, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, of, of course. And I, but one second, how do you do that though, right? Being grateful, right? Looking around. Remember what I said? Look, look, listen. We've been in this class for how long? Ten minutes, fifteen? How long? Twenty minutes, right? So let's say twenty minutes. We've been in this class, right? Specifically for you. And in this twenty minutes, we've been in this class. Somewhere in the world, somebody just died. Somebody just died in a tragic car accident. Somebody just found out they had cancer. Somebody just lost their job. Somebody just lost their child. In that short amount of time that we've been in this room talking, right? Perspective, shifting, right? Looking at things from a different perspective. How do you see things, right? Of course, I can focus on the negative aspect of life and what could possibly go wrong, right? Which is true, right? But not where it becomes overwhelming, where I become so paralyzed that I don't move around and I become stuck in that portion of life. Remember what we talked about depression? When I said it's okay, you're gonna go through those phases, but you can't mentally put a bed in the house of depression and set up a fucking lamp and bring books and start reading and shit in there for years at a time and paint the walls black mentally, you know what I mean? You gotta come out of that. So yes, to answer your question, yes, just by shifting and remembering, looking around, right? Yes, sir, what were you gonna say? Give me an example. Randomly? Like every so often, like it'll either be randomly or something triggers it. Kind of like I don't know. I would say me personally, like I get the random ways of just feeling like alone because it's mostly when I get home because mm -hmm. I live by myself and it's just like damn, like really alone. Like okay. you feel like that. All right, that's a good one. All right, let me expand upon that since you said that and you used that. All right, I think it's okay too. Remember this, at some particular point in time, you're gonna wanna be and you're gonna need to be alone. Months and years. Now the sadness that comes along with that, not that you'll ever adapt to it, but I'm hoping that the fact that you're alone, what that's doing is allow you to get to know who you are, right? Your emotions, right? Who you are, the things that you want in your life, the things that you don't want in your life, uh, the way that you see yourself, as you go through life, right? And once you build yourself from that particular point, again, we talked about energy, right? And these are the type of people who you're gonna attract into your life, right? It'll be hard for you as you grow through life and you get a chance to spend two, three years alone by yourself, right? Where you grow and you develop a healthy outlook of who you are. You had a chance to sit back by yourself and learn who you are as a human being. You become very, very self-aware Damn, I'm alone. It's like sad meditation time. Because mm -hmm. it's like, it makes you think about like, it makes me think about like all this stuff like that's happened recently. But like, yeah, most of it's like pretty sad. Okay. It so, makes me think about it. And, it's like, and it still feels like you're in that situation too. Yeah, kind of, like, kind of like it. It's like, I don't know. It's like, 
overall, I just feel melancholy or mm-hmm. sad, like, or alone a lot of times. Even though it might not show it, because, I mean, like, if I show it, people, it's going to bring other people down, like, I feel like others, like, they'll be like, why didn't you tell me about this? I'm like, I don't want you to feel pity for my situation. Like, I don't want you to feel sad. And but, do you realize what you're doing, too, though? I'm bringing it upon myself. No, no. <clears throat> you're being self-aware. Something that I'm assuming that you were may not have been before. You get what I'm saying? Listen, when you look, when you're going through these spouts of moments like this, a lot of the times that's intentional. That those are challenges. Those are obstacles about you yourself, right? You're healing yourself. You're going through it, right? I know you don't want to be this way in the future, right? So in order for me to do this, I need to fucking isolate myself. I need to deal with the trauma from the past. I need to deal with the shit I've been through with my mother. I need to sit back. It's gonna feel sad at times. This is not how I want to feel, but I'm going to go through this, right? I'm going to absorb this. I'm going to feel that melancholy moments and stuff, right? But I'm self-aware, and this is not what I want. So as I go through this process, I'm learning who I am as an individual, as a human being. I'm progress. I'm sorry, I'm processing the past, the trauma, everything that I experienced. It feels sad, but now that I'm going through this, now I'm growing. I'm healing, right? I don't want to feel this way forever. I need to get by myself, separate, find out who I am. And then tell them ready to step out into the world. You got the goals, right? You have the dreams, right? But in order for me to achieve these dreams and goals, I can't have a life that I'm sad, that I'm feeling depressed about. Because I'll never reach that particular point. So I got to go within myself two to three years, a year, whatever it takes you to deal with this, to fight myself, to box that shadow side of who I am, to be able to let that go, to ensure that I'm not the 40-year-old individual that's stuck when I'm 16. Because one thing is this, guys, the time. You know, the time going to keep ticking, right? It's not going to stop. You can't pause it and say, let me just chill for right now and don't move time, age or anything, <clears throat> deal with it. And then I'm going to step out of this. No, it doesn't work like that. So I think in a sense that it's healthy to go through those moments. But again, what did I just say? Don't bring the bed in there, right? Don't bring the book in there and paint the walls black and set up the nice lamps and stuff in there and keep bringing in more depressing things, more depressing people around me, putting myself in these situations that allow me to feel this and experience this emotion on a much, 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 much more deeper level then that becomes unhealthy. But to go through it in the moment and say, yo, all right, cool. I feel like this. I'm aware of this too. I'm very, very self-aware of how I'm feeling right now in these emotions, right? Now, I don't like this. Let me process all this hurt. Let me process all of this pain, right? Because essentially what I need to do is heal myself from it emotionally, right? I need to strengthen myself emotionally, right? develop a high level of emotional intelligence. You know, for those of us who desire in the future to have family, children, and things like that, right? I need to get past this, right? So I don't be impatient and pull this down to them and feed my kids the same things that was fed to me, right? So in order for me to get to this point, I gotta have some isolated time by myself. I need to go through these emotions. I need to feel it. But at the same time, from a mental standpoint, I'm strong enough to know that this is not what I desire. And I'm strong enough to know that I'm able to pull myself out of this. Go ahead, what were you going to say? I was going to say, may I share a story? Yeah, go ahead. So, relating to you, actually, um, yeah, six months ago, I, I moved out on my own. I live in my own apartment, and I do have a roommate. Uh, right now, I'm in a program, foster care. Uh, I did, so, I got kicked out of a, another foster home for personal reasons. She, she got that up, I guess. And, you know, there was so much I didn't know about myself. Honestly, like, I, this was, this was a, concrete point of my life where for the first time I actually was alone. I didn't have people telling me how to think. I didn't have the negative or the positive. I just had silence and for some reason it drove me nearly insane because that first month I was intensely 
press alone, deprived of any contact from any social human being in the world, and it felt like I was just in a box. I, I, I hated quietness. And for that first month, I reconciled this identity that I'm just, I'm just worthless, you know? I'm not, I'm not allowed to be loved, I'm not allowed to be this, but at the same time, I'm like, wait, why? Because why, you know, I started questioning that to myself, and it was because I realized that for the first time, I was put in this box of silence to reconcile what has just happened to me in the past. And I had to, I had to somehow work with that. I didn't have people to talk to. I didn't have um, anybody to lean on. And I'm not saying that, you know, I did the best job, but I did the best I could. Six months, this was six months ago, and for that, for that short amount of time, honestly, there's been a lot of realization. I've realized that my family, dude, is not, is not healthy at all. And I mean, that's not, that's not talking them down. I love my family, but they're not healthy. They never encourage me to be the person I'm supposed to be. They never tell me to express myself. I've never been told I love you. <laughs> I've been, I've, I thought I was loved. What I thought was love was not love. I was taught this, this reconciled of love that wasn't love. I didn't have a father. I didn't have a mother. And I had to be put in this place alone to realize that, that I was treated that way. And all this pain that you're feeling right now, dude, this is just like a shock back. This is recoiling. It's recoiling and it's recoiling. And it's something you really do have to experience to, to understand how much you are worth. And I promise you, you are worth something. Because everybody is worth something. It's the shit that people tell us that make us feel like we're not worth anything. And it's the shit that we've been through and the people that, that put us in those situations that make us feel unworthy. But you have to understand being alone is the greatest strength of all because it shows you what you can do and literally there's nobody else to tell you anymore that you can't do anything and i know it's still in the back of your head like maybe i can't do that because i've been taught that i can't do that and honestly that was with me too and i just want to like I'm, I'm sharing this with you because i want you to know that you're not alone in that i felt that before too and there's a there's a real strong growth with silence silence is one of the greatest things this earth can give you it's a reconcile of understanding of who you are at the present moment and why you got there in the first place. It's a moment of silence, and I, I want to say that this is a gift to you for you to understand where you're at. Hmm. I take that as well. And here, look, to add to that as well, as you're going through this, what are you feeding yourself? On a positive note, what type of books are you reading, right? Remember what we talked about? I said I'll spend $30,000 on a car, but I won't buy a $15 self-help book off of Amazon, right? So as I go through this process of silence, what am I feeding myself? Because I can't go through this silence and sadness and just focus on what happened to me in the past and dwell on that over and over and over. What am I also feeding myself, right? To replace that, to build it out. Let's just say you got some dirty water, right? And you pour clean water in there as the dirty water goes out. What are you pointing yourself? What are you pointing yourself that's new, that's emotional from a positive standpoint as you feed that out or you get rid of that, right? Like what, what type of podcasts are you listening to? What type of books are you reading, right? What type of shows are you going to? Even from a, a spiritual perspective, whether it's religion or whatever, what are you feeding yourself to replace that, right? Again, again, that's okay. I would encourage a lot of people not to, you know, intentionally go through depression and things like that. But as human beings, you're going to need some silent time to yourself for months, man. Sometimes for years. You know, I got to know myself. I got to know who I am. And for those of us who's been through something, again, you have to go in and tear all of that shit out of you. What you've been programmed to do and believe and think about yourself. Unless you want to be the 40-year-old dude repeating those same patterns. 
You got to go through it. You must go through it in order to heal yourself. That's a part of that process. But as you go through it, what are you feeding yourself while you're in there? What steps am I taking that's on positive that is replacing those negative emotions? That's allowing me to go through this healing process. Again, that's also a strength. That's also building strength from an emotional standpoint. Because we know that we're still going to go through things in life, right? Right? You're still going to get challenges and things like that. Remember the things that take you three months, three weeks and stuff like that. But how do I reach that point? I got to know myself. That's the first key to life. It's to knowing yourself and who you are. If I know who I am, nobody can tell me about myself, right? If I know who I am and somebody tell me you stupid, what, what does that do to me? But I know who I am. But if I don't know who I am and I grew up and my mom and dad told me I was stupid, you know, and I processed this, I never had a chance to really isolate myself and get some time to myself, stuff like that. Now I'm 25 and somebody tell me I'm stupid, what does that do? sort of reinforces it, right? Subconsciously. Now I become what? Insecure in who I am, in my actions, in my thoughts. A lot of self-doubt. You gotta go through that fire, right? You know what I mean? You gotta go through that process, that pain sometimes, mentally and emotionally, to strengthen yourself mentally and emotionally. So when you reach a certain point in the future, you have your own family, kids, healthy relationships, right? What type of people do I want to attract into my life, right? I know who I am. If I know who I am, I go through something, I heal myself. What's the chance of me inviting somebody that's full of chaos with mom and daddy issues in my life? Say that again. Yeah, extremely low, right? I know who I am. I see, I didn't, look, I'm growing. I recognize signs and stuff, right? I see things from a distance a little bit different now. So you just can't come at me with anything. I know who I am. So sometimes you got to go through this. You got to go through this. And I think personally, to be in isolation for months at a time and sometimes for years just to get to know yourself is a great thing to help you navigate through the rest of your life. A hundred years, right? And you, and you can't spend one by yourself? Okay, even if you've been here for 20 years, you can't spend one by yourself? No relationships, I don't need no friends or nothing. I just need to get to know who I am. I need to understand my purpose of being here. You've been here 25 years, can I just get one by myself? I need to reprogram myself. I need to get rid of all of that stuff that was told to me early on. That doesn't make sense now. That's a contradiction to what I believe and what I've seen and experienced. I need to eliminate all the confusion of what was given to me. How do I do that? If every day I'm waking up for years at a time and I'm engaged in everything in life, I feel like I can't be alone. I think it's bad to be alone. I need people around me all the time. But the people around me they don't even know who they are. They still confused. They still angry. They still bitter. They're still jaded. They still full of the chaos and stuff like that. They are not self-aware on any level whatsoever. What does that do for you? How does that help you? Or does it hurt you? Think about that, right? All right. Great question, too, for sharing that. All right. Let's look at this here real quick. Can you guys hear that? I think uh, you might have to use the, uh, the actual computers. 
Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean, yeah. This one right here. Gotcha, gotcha. So, uh, this was a, a, a professional game back in the uh, early 80s, late 70s. And he was, at the particular time, like, if not the top tennis professional. So, we're talking about emotional intelligence, all right? So what do you think about his level of emotional intelligence versus the ref? <laughs> Who didn't respond at all, right? And not only that, once he became extra emotional, what happened to him in the match? Right? But no, he also made a bad hit, right? Which went out of bounds, right? Then which made him lose the match overall. And as he was going on a tirade to the ref, what was the ref doing? Just as calm, right? Just as calm. So in this sense, I know it's sports. I know sports can be a little bit different, right? Because we're competitive and you go hard and everything like that. You do get upset like that. But we're talking about emotional intelligence, right? Soon as he'd made that first bad call or whatever he considered to be a bad call, the whole match from that point was pretty much over for him. As you guys heard him, he said, what? Why don't we just call the match? We don't even have to finish it. There's no need for me to do it, right? So he became so emotional that he couldn't even move forward based upon what he considered to be a bad call from the professional ref. Now, that's just an example, but how many of us can relate to that? For something that we've done in the past, right? Where we reacted emotionally, and then it just throws you all the way off, right? It goes back to what I was saying. Remember what I said? Nine times out of 10, nobody's gonna do anything to you physically. It's usually what? Somebody says something that just throws you totally off. So that means now, this individual is no longer in control. 
of his emotions. And if I'm not in control of my emotions, what can happen? Right, and if my emotions control me, what are some things that can happen to me? You make decisions that aren't aren't beneficial for you, right? Also, there's death. It's also for you doing something to someone else because you're moving off your emotions. Yeah, you can't focus in those moments like that. Now, just that's just an example, but I know we know the sports is totally different, right? It's competitive. You do get emotional in it. You guys are competing. It's a game, things like that. But that's a great example, though, of not being in control of your emotions, not knowing how to manage your emotions and the outcome of what could happen. And again, I know at times we can be very, very, very unconscious of this, very, very unconscious of this. But yet and still... We react a certain way that pulls us out of character, make bad choices and decisions, and then you got to suffer those consequences. You got to deal with it. You got to deal with the outcome. You got to deal with the outcome when you're emotional, when we are emotional, so to speak. Got to deal with the outcome of it. Make sense to you guys? All right. So why is emotional intelligence important? Why? Come on. Okay. What are some other reasons? Why is it important? Mm, definitely. What are some other reasons? Sir, why, is it, why do you think emotional intelligence is important for you specifically? Why do you think it's important to develop emotional intelligence? Definitely. What are some other reasons? Uh, emotional intelligence could be like a blockage to actual intelligence. So like one thing is cool to the other one can go through. Say that again a little bit louder. That was a great one. Uh, emotional intelligence could be a blockage. So if it's clogged up, your actual uh, IQ can go through. So, can I give an example? Yeah, provide one. So let's just say you're gambling. At the casino, ready like I do. Uh, <laughs> you just lost two hundred dollars back to back. Uh, emotionally, you're gonna be upset. That clogs up your next decision. So instead of betting it all in red, you bet all in black, and then you lose even more and more. And uh, so basically, what you're feeling affects your actual decision making. Definitely, one hundred percent. Yeah, come on. Yep. To be aware is to be what? To be aware is to be, you never heard that before? To be aware is to be alive, right? Being able to be aware of your surroundings, where you're at, right? Processing, paying attention. Uh, Remember being a great reader of people. And I'm not a fear mongle person, not by any stretch of the means. But I think that the world that we live in today, you know, there are times where I think it's very important that we are aware of our surroundings, right? and where we're at and what we're doing and being able to read people and things like that, right? And if I'm caught up in myself or I'm experiencing emotional, you know, breakdown, breakdown, right? We won't say tantrum or anything like a breakdown, something like that. It's kind of hard to focus then, right? It's kind of hard to focus. So yeah, those are some great ideas and reasons why it's important that you do develop a high emotional IQ so you don't lose yourself along the way, right? 
So you don't hurt anyone along the way, right? So you don't end up hurting yourself along the way, right? And that you're making great choices and decisions about life as you begin to navigate. Yep, another great way as well. Mm. Being objective. Okay, being mindful of having a more objective perspective about that situation and challenging my thoughts, right? I grew up a certain way, so I have a certain belief pattern, right? And then I experience something that's negative and I go right to that belief pattern and I don't challenge it to know like, whoa, whoa, maybe that person just made a mistake. Maybe that person just doesn't know. Remember we talked about that too? A lot of times we'll say, well, you should know that already. I don't fucking know. I didn't experience what you experienced. So why would you feel I should know? Because of my age. Oh, I get it. I get it. That's why you think I should know. But I haven't experienced what you've experienced. Right? <laughs> How does that feel, though, when someone gives that back right. and say, well, you should have known that already. What does that make you feel like? like right. But how many times have we done that? Well, you should know that already. How? No. All right. What about physical strategies? Uh, meditation, yoga, guided energy. I'm sorry, imagery. Again, I always use that concept of seeing yourself exactly where you want to be in life. Seeing yourself actually doing those things. If you've never been on a plane, seeing myself get on a plane. If you've never been on vacation, seeing myself on vacation with my feet in some white sands and blue water. Seeing myself relaxing. Seeing myself as being successful. Seeing myself as a leader, as a manager, as an entrepreneur. I see myself that way visually. I see myself mentally being that way. I see myself at this particular point in life. I envision myself being right there at that particular point, living in that particular house, driving that particular automobile, having that particular wife and these many kids, working at this particular spot or owning this particular place or whatever it is. I visualize myself being that way. I paint an image in my head clearly until it becomes solid. Until I'm able to manifest that into my life. And if I'm seeing this every day and I'm believing this with conviction, I'm going to start doing what? Taking the actions, right? Walking towards that. Taking the actions can be this. So, for example, listen to this. Uh, whatever you thought about or did in the past has placed you in the present moment. And whatever you're doing in the present moment will determine where you'll be in the future. Your thoughts and actions of the past has placed you in this present moment. Your thoughts and actions of the past has placed you in this present moment. And your thoughts and action in this present moment will determine where you'll be in the future. So, for an example, your thoughts and the actions that you took in the past. Let's go back to the thoughts. A year ago or two years ago, you thought to yourself, the thought came to you first. Ma'am, the thought came to you first. I want to go to college. I'm going to go to Valley College. That was a thought, right? You guys thought about this first, right? Somewhere along the line in the past, your thought came to this. I need to go to college. And then what you did, you took the action, which was what? Got online and did what? Fill in the application, right? So your thoughts and your actions of the past. You thought about it, jumped online, took the application, came in and got it, 
and now here you are, you picked out your classes. Your thoughts and your actions of the past has placed you in this present moment. Thought about I need to go to college. I filled out the application. When it met with a counselor, counselor gave me classes. I registered for those classes. Now here I am in this moment in this class based upon your thoughts and your actions. Now, your thoughts and your actions in the present moment will determine where you'll be in the future. If I'm sad, if I'm angry, I'm bitter, I don't have no goals, I'm just here to be doing something, where will I be in the future? All right? If my mindset is full of bullshit, negativity, pessimism, I don't believe it, where will I be in the future? Same. Your thoughts and actions of the past has placed you in this present moment. Your thoughts and actions in this present moment will determine where you'll be in the future. Right? You know you're going home and go to sleep and get in your bed. Right? <laughs> There's a 100% chance that you'll be in the bed, right? Tonight. Your thoughts and your actions of the past has placed you in the present moment. Your thoughts and actions in this present moment will determine where you will be in the future. Be mindful. What type of imageries are you painting within your mind of yourself? Who do you think you are? What do you believe about yourself? What are you doing right now for your future? For those of us who are going through something, we're still trying to heal. What are you doing to ensure that you do heal so you're not the individual, 30, 40, 50 years old, still stuck in a 10-year-old mindset, a 10-year-old emotional state? Your thoughts, your actions of the past has placed you in this present moment in time, wherever you're at in your life. Whatever you're thinking about right now, whatever actions you're taking right now will determine where you will be in the future. Remember that. Think about that concept, guys. Uh, withdrawal and avoidance. Hey, 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 step away from the person, situation, or activity. Step away. Step away. Step away. Step away. Step away from the person, the situation, and or activity. Step away. Go back to uh, what we were discussing last class, my friends, Facebook and things like that, right? How do I separate myself from that, right? In fact, I'm going to ask a question as we move forward about how would you want someone to respond to you when you do something wrong? Huh? Are you going to be sympathetic? Are you understanding right now? When someone does something to you. Are you sympathetic? Are you understanding of that? Are you really? Or are you, you should have known better. Why, why would you do that? Think about that, right? Uh, pleasurable activities, humor, hobbies, socializing. Again, you got to be able to laugh at yourself, guys. Don't take yourself so serious. You got to be able to laugh when you make a mistake at yourself. No such thing as being embarrassed. You're a human being. We all make mistakes and do things, right? Humor, laughter, right? Hobby, socializing, uh, emotional dialogue. One of my favorite things, this is why I put this here. Venting. Look, I think it's more than okay to vent, but you gotta make sure you got the right ear to vent to. Somebody who's gonna be objective, somebody who's not gonna co-sign your bullshit when you're on that sometimes. I don't think it's okay to complain. You got choices and you're making these choices and decisions. You can't complain about those things. It's okay to vent. You got to get that out, right? You need the right type of ear, though, to get that out to. Somebody who's going to be objective. What do I mean by objective? Exactly, right? Seeing the whole entire picture. What do I mean by subjective? 
right? I'm looking at it from my particular point of view, right? That's it. I'm not looking at it from anybody else, just from me. Objective is looking at it from a broad perspective. And that's what type of ear that you need when you're venting. When you're venting. Somebody who's going to be objective. Who's going to be objective. Uh, indirect tension, relaxing. Uh, TV, chocolate, coffee, movies. We've all, well, we'll watch something here, you know, movies that inspire you, right? Music, right? Podcasts, whatever it is that you're doing. Things to outlet. Yes, ma'am. Yep, eight of them, actually. Eight. 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 And I know you brought that up, right? But you know we come from an environment. If I'm going to see a therapist, what do we think? Mm -hmm. But our environment says what? That's why we don't go, right? Because we think we can do this on our own, right? We think we can heal ourselves on our own, right? But if that was the case... We wouldn't be passing down that same type of mindset, energy, and actions and behavior to one another, right? We wouldn't treat each other the way that we do in these environments that we come from. So when somebody says, well, hey, you know, I need to go see a you know, therapist or talk to someone, that's more of a stigma in our communities, right? Yes, sir. It's going to sound like a little deep, but I was going to say, my parents, you don't need that. You just need someone like reassuring someone just, you know, love you. That's true. That's not deep. That's true. You don't have to go see no therapist. All the time? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but like I have three therapists. Yeah. Uh my brother, uh my cousin, and one of my uncles. And we talk all the time about life and the depthness of it. Yes. That's just a personal who's professional. But look, yeah, I'll even say this though. I mentioned this in other classes. You also gotta be mindful when you go see therapists. Be very mindful. Please hear me out. And I'm being objective. They be fucked up too. <laughs> they do. Trust me. I've gone to school for it. They do. They do. They do. They do. What they're basically doing a lot of times, not all the times, they're just regurgitating what they learned in some program. Now, whatever you learned in that program, that, you, that, I ain't been through nothing like that. For you to be relating, you're telling me to try this and try this and try that. That's not my situation. And now you want to give me some medicine to take to think I need some Ambien or something to heal. No, 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 no. So sometimes, again, the venting aspect of it, if you can find a professional expert who you know you actually resonate with, that's a beautiful thing and you run with it. But sometimes you just need an objective ear. You need somebody who's been through what you've been through, who's not perfect, by the way, who's not perfect as well, right? Someone who's just objective. And that could be an uncle, it could be a friend, but again, you, got, you have to become a reader of people to know that person, that that's someone that you can actually be objective with and they're gonna be objective with you. So thanks for bringing that up, too. All right. Uh, direct tension, relaxation, medication. But I, I medication, I put that on there only in severe circumstances, because I know that people really do go through things. So, for example, if somebody's coming in telling me that they're hearing voices, then nine times out of 10, they're hearing voices. Right. So they probably really going through something. They have a little bit more of a uh, mental health challenge that may require medication. Yeah. That's true, by all means. Now, here, here's why I want to say this, too, though. I think today, and this is just my personal opinion, I think we overdiagnose. I've never seen so many people with bipolar in my life. Everybody has this. That's just an excuse for being an asshole at times and not calling them out about what it really is and their behavior and how they're treating a certain person and them not being self-aware of doing that and not wanting to become self-aware. 
So, oh, I could use that. Yeah, let me say, because I've been through this and that's why I'm bipolar. And my mama was this way. And oh, she was too. And what you do many times, if you go see some of the therapists and stuff, there's a book called the DSM. They'll read you a few things and say, hey, do you feel this way throughout the day? Have you experienced this? Oh, that's signs of bipolar. Like what? Yes, I've experienced. Everybody's experienced that before. So just got to be mindful, guys. Got to be very, very mindful. Again, but go back to what I was saying. If you know yourself and you know who you are, right? As you go through this process of healing yourself, that isolation and things like that, getting more in tune with your thoughts, being able to control your thoughts, regulate those things. Yes, sir. I don't know, bro. <laughs> no, but you're right. I, I do. I see that. Yeah, yeah, astrology. But you see, go back to what I was saying, man. Listen, be mindful of what you are absorbing into your spirit on a daily basis. Look, if you're telling me and you're studying astrology and zodiac signs for weeks on end and months, and you're like, oh, she's a Gemini or she's an Aquarius or something like that, and then you're on this side, you're reading the Bible about God and the spirit, right? And then you're on this side, oh, but I'm reading the Quran too, right? And then I'm listening to a therapist over here, right? That's a lot of confusion, right? They all conflict. <laughs> yeah, they, definitely they do. That's a lot of confusion, right? Think about that. So you got to make a choice on what it is. And look, I'm not here to tell you what to believe in outside of yourself. But whatever you choose to follow, that's up to you. Does that resonate with you? Do you believe those things? Because if you believe them, then they do to be true. If you believe because I'm a Gemini and I act like this, eh. You believe that. I'm not telling you that's false. That's your belief. Nobody's the moral police to tell you what you should be believing in. Does that resonate with you? Is it making you a better person? Are you being more objective? Are you treating people better? Do you feel that you know more about yourself from studying those things? Shit, it works for you then. Run with it. I don't know. I can't tell you that. I don't know. Again, I always say this. Like, if you put your hand over your heart, right, and then stop beating, whatever this is, reality is over with. And I don't know what's after this. You know, we can all theorize and say, well, you're gonna go to heaven, oh, you're gonna go to dark, whatever it is. I don't know. Nobody's never came back from that other side and said, hey, this is what's over there. <laughs> I don't know, we can theorize. Look, religion goes back thousands of years. Astrology goes back thousands of years. These new concepts of therapy and stuff is new within the last few hundred years. Exactly, so that's... Yeah, it's like, even though, like, I believe in, like, religion, but mm -hmm. it's still up in the air, like, it's just scary. Like, it is, it can't be. And then people are like, but you didn't know what happened before you were born. But true. That's true. It's, it's just a lot of things, though. It is, it is. But you know what, guys? I love that. I think that's the beauty of life. I think I like the quote, uh, it took a billion years to make you. If you believe in that, because there's some people who say, well, we have a mirror. Yeah. But if, if you believe in the big thing, then I like the concept that it took a billion years for me to just kind of arrive where I'm at, the moment that I'm at right now. And that just, if anything, I'm not. No, and again, <laughs> listen, whatever resonates with your spirit, follow it, run with it. But be mindful, too, that you're not being led astray as well. You got to be very mindful. Again, mention all the religion, astrology, therapy, all these different things. And then you're reading all these crazy, not crazy, but you read all these different books and things like that, right? You're absorbing a lot of this stuff into your spirit. That can be confusing, right? 
That can be very confusing. Now it becomes challenging. Oh, is this real? Is this true? Yeah. You would be hard pressed to believe uh, the amount of religions that are out there that people follow, that they believe in, right? So we're here, we were, many of us were born right here, right? In the United States country, right? So many of us see in our country the concept of Christianity. And we believe that to be true for those of us who are Christian. But what if I was born in Iraq? And that is my truth. What if I was born in China? That is my truth. You're going to argue with me and tell me that's not my God and that's not what I'm going after? So how do I know what's true and what, again, what do you believe on a personal level from internally? I personally believe this, everything that we need to navigate the life we were born with. So I think the more that you become in tune with yourself and who you are, you get closer to whatever that universe, God, or whatever that is. But that's just my personal belief based upon the things that I experienced in my life. That's my truth. And it's not for me to come to class and lecture and tell my truth and say, hey, this is what. No, 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 no. For me. And it works for me, for me personally. You have to find your own. Again, there's so much out there. I don't know. I do not have the answer to that particular question. But what I do know is this. Based upon my experience, whatever I put out there, it comes back to me. Whether good or bad, my mindset, my actions, those things come back to me. I believe that. And I can show that as being true. I can see that that's tangible based upon the growth, based upon my experience, based upon the change, based upon the way I thought. I thought about changing and I changed and I seen change in my life. My thoughts and my actions in those present moments determined where I was at in the future. I was on bullshit mentally, so I had a BS future. I saw myself in BS situations, right? Think about this. In order for one to recognize a fool, you must have had to been one yourself. Right? And then I grew out of that. Now I can recognize a fool from a distance. So sometimes you got to go through things, right? Challenges, the wisdom that you're going to gain from those challenges and obstacles. And once you gain that wisdom, you can step to the side and you can assess situations from a distance. Oh, I remember what that felt like emotionally. And I see that same behavior in her or him. Nah, I'm not going to be in that relationship. I'm not going to be friends with them. I'm growing. I'm very self-aware, right? Now, for me, that's not religious. That's just me being in tune with myself. And I'm being in tune based upon my experiences, something that's tangible that I can hold on to. I have experienced that, but I can't go off of what somebody else is telling me of what it should be through their experiences and what they think the concept of life is. Because it's all going to be relative to the individual, by the way, to the individual. Again, that concept, we live in America, Christianity. You live in Iraq, it's, you know, Muslim. I live in China, you know what I mean? And that's their strong faith. They believe in it strong wholeheartedly. You can't tell them anything different. Are they wrong? No, that's what they believe in. That's what they were growing around. That's what they, that's what they know their whole life. So you, it's going to always be relative to the individual. So whatever you want to study, astrology, religion, spirituality, that's always going to be relative to the individual and what resonates with you. Yes, sir. Sorry. Socrates didn't say the truth is what the people make of it. Whatever you make of it, whatever you believe. All right. 
So discussion question for the class. How would you approach another person who's causing you a difficulty? Think of what you would say, the time, the place, and the setting. I'm coming back to you now. You're first. <laughs> Come on. How would you approach another person who is causing you difficulty? Come on, let's start with them first. Yeah. They're causing you difficulty at work. Okay. All right. Just go straight up to them and tell them. Now, what would you say? Okay. I want to figure out why, right? Why? And when would you do that? When do you think would be the right time to do that? As soon as you get to work in front of everybody, you pull them to the side. Okay. Yes. Relationship. Yep. How would you approach another person who's causing you difficulty? This is your girlfriend. And you would say it just like that? Because we're in a classroom? Well, how would you say it? How would you say it? Say it. Any anger associated with that in your approach? Come on, you gotta be honest. Okay, all right. What would be the perfect time to approach her? Okay, and in what place? In the house, in the car, you guys are out, you take her to the movie, dinner. I like that. All right, you, approach. How would you approach another person who's causing you difficulty? Yep, I want you to use your mom. Oh. <laughs> yep, come on. I don't know, like, it's gonna be weird because, like, it just depends how she reacts. Like, right now, it's about you. Like, if I was, like, if I don't like how she acts. Now, overall, how would you approach her? She's causing you difficulty. She wants to talk to you. How would you approach her? It would be emotional. I won't lie. Like, it would be all touchy-feely, crying. Any yelling? Any anger? It would be anger, yeah. Because, like, why did you do it? Why mm-hmm. did you cause all this stuff to happen? Yeah. Uh, what are you really yelling besides her? Because she likes to yell. All right. Now, what would you say? Come on. I don't It would just be, why? Literally, I would just be like, why? Okay. And what do you think would be the best time, the best ideal time to bring that up and approach her with it? It's gonna sound kinda kinda mean, but I would say at the time when like she's like in need or like when she's like doing bad. Mm. So it can make her realize like what she has done and why you should care. Because in situations like that now you need us. It's like it's like a broom. Like you only need it when you like want to do something or if you need it to help you. Now you're doing this, or it's kind of complicated. It's no. Like I said, it's just going to be emotional. It's like, even though I'm smiling, but it's like, 
weird. Where would be the appropriate place? Over the phone, in person? Person. Over the phone sucks because you don't know, and especially if you're not doing the text, they don't know. <laughs> yeah. You text messages are good. It's the same as seeing someone in person and seeing their emotions. Because anyone can fake through, like crying to the phone or just like, you know, say I'm sorry or mm-hmm. make happen in China. In person, it's like just looking at them, you can tell if they actually mean it. Ah. I think that was good. I think that was good. Aurora, come on. Uh, your best friend. She's been causing you difficulty, uh, backstabbing you, talking about you behind your back. All right, come on. How would you approach her? I would see if she was okay and ask her how she was doing first. Wait, go back. Why? I like that approach, though. You guys heard that? You guys heard what she said? Say it a little bit louder. I would approach her and ask, like, and see how she was doing first, because she might be taking out all her anger or sadness or whatever on me without realizing it. And then if it's just not anything, she can't come up with anything and ask her, do you realize she's Doing this, and if I like try to question more and more and try to make her think about why she's acting how she's acting. What would be the best time to do that? Alone, especially if there's no one else in the house, so I know that no one would be like trying to listen in and we'd feel more able to talk and free to talk. Wow, I think that was a great one. I think that was a great one. Yes, sir. Your turn. Yep. Oh, your dad. <laughs> Causing you difficulty. Uh, he wants you to do more. He's pushing you. He's telling you you've been slacking off. He's ready for you to hurry up and finish school so you can move out. So you're coming prepared. Okay. And what would you say to him? And what would be the perfect time and place in the setting which you would want to do that? Taking him out to dinner, to lunch. You guys are gonna do this at home in the garage. At home? Okay. I like that. I like that. Okay, ma'am. Your turn. This is your professor, chef. She's making difficulty <laughs> with you. It's about your grade. She said you're gonna get a D and you need a C and you're about to graduate, which will force you to retake the class and extend your semester. How would you approach her and what would you say? I'll go ask her. I'll I'll sit her down and we'll talk it out. Before class, after class? Before class. Because if you're doing it during class, it'll take her time. It'll take her away from other students who need to actually help Mm -hmm. and doing what they need to do. 
Uh, so I'll ask her, how can I improve? And what can I do if it's during or if I could come on Fridays? Because I know she's there for Fridays. So I'll ask her if I could come for Fridays and prepare for everything for Monday or the following days and get everything prepped for the next Monday. And if so, then I'll do it. Okay. I think that's a great approach. Great way to end. I, your turn. Uh, this is your boss at work. He's asking you to work extra hours. No, no. In this case, he wants you to adjust your schedule, but you can't go to school full time if he adjusts your schedule and change it. So I'd come to him like in a calm matter, not like angrily. Mm-hmm. And I'll try to talk it out, like in a secluded area too, not in front of everybody. What would you say? <laughs> what would I say? I'd mm-hmm. say like it's not possible, bro. Like, like what you're asking me to do, like I physically can't. Like, well, I need you here. I'm gone. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. All right, Lydia. This is a co-worker. She's been telling the boss that you've been leaving early every day and coming late. How would you approach her or him? No, we, we know you're not, but she's been telling the boss you're late. It's the whole point. She's been telling him that you've been coming late and leaving early. How would you approach her or him? Or oh, her. Oh, okay, her. It's okay. 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 I like that. No, I, I, I like that. And how would you do that with your boss? Bring the other coworker in there. Okay. Those are some great scenarios. Those are definitely some great scenarios. You guys, so everybody had a chance to see these different ideas, right? These different concepts, real things that can happen. How do we approach them? Because we're talking about emotional intelligence. Don't forget. It's the whole purpose, right? Emotional intelligence. We don't want to be emotional as we do this and make irrational decisions and come off brash or aggressive, right? We have to find a different approach of way of dealing with people, places, and things, right? To get things that we want. Remember, in every relationship, who should be in control from an emotional standpoint? You, the individual, right? All right. So here's a good one. How would you like to be approached if... You were the one who was causing the difficulty. Ma'am, you're the one telling Lydia's manager that she's been showing up late and leaving early. How would you want to be approached? How would you want Lydia to approach you? Um, pull me to the side, talk about it. Mm. Just pull you to the side? Yeah. Hey, pull you to the side. Hey, you've been telling the boss that I've been coming in late and leaving early. You know I haven't. Why are you doing that? 
Why? Why are you doing that? You're causing me difficulties in my life. Now I got to go talk to the boss. I don't want to do that. I'm talking about, he's talking about firing me. You know I've been coming late. Why would you say something like that? And I'm emotional too. Ah, okay. 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 Apologize. Gotcha. 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 I'll take that. Mr. Harrington. Your scenario from last week. How do you want to be approached? Respect is subjective. Tell me. Because I can come up to you and curse you out and say, this is the respectful way of me doing it. How do you want to be approached? You're the one in the wrong. Come back. All right, cool. Sir, corner. How do you want to be approached? You were wrong. You told your father that your mother was stealing money from the account and you found out. You were wrong though. She wasn't. Now your mom wants to confront you. How do you want to be confronted? Well, just come up to me and tell me like, why, like, why did you, why did you lie? And say that I took money out and I really did. I'm emotional as your mom. I like, I I'm yelling at you, I'm screaming at you, I'm cursing at you. Yeah, no, All right. Now, this is the way that I would come at you. But how do you want to be approached now? Tell me how exactly you would want your mom to approach you. Uh, well, if, like, if I'm in my room, she can just come up in there with my dad. And we can just talk it out. Yeah, like, I mean, I don't think that would be like... I mean, if they're mad, then we're obviously going to talk. Like, mm-hmm. We're going to have to talk. Basically talk about however, it. Yeah, no yelling, no screaming, right? Two adults having a conversation in dialogue, right? Some apologies going back and forth, but just a healthy conversation mm-hmm. to eliminate any misunderstanding. Mm-hmm. All right, ma'am, your turn. How would you like to be approached if you were someone causing difficulty? It's your boyfriend. You accused him of cheating on you, but he wasn't. You found out that he wasn't. Now he's pissed. How do you want to be approached in this situation? Okay, but I'm pissed. I'm mad. I'm angry. I'm emotional right now. I'm yelling. I'm screaming. I'm cursing. I don't have a high level of emotional intelligence. I'm not self-aware. I'm just angry at the fact that I've been accused of something that I didn't do to someone I'm supposed to be with. You don't want me to approach me. Okay, but can you accept that if this is not my style of approach? 
See, remember, we're talking about how you want to be approached, right? We're talking about how you guys want to be approached in the situation. But remember, you're the one that did the damage. Now, I want you to give me that scenario. You're going to paint it to me like, yeah, this is how I would want to be approached. I need you to be calm. I need you to tell me why and paint out those scenarios. But that's your way. But that's not my style. But I need to know if you're going to be okay and comfortable and still be able to have a high level of emotional intelligence despite the way that I approach you. Well, then I would just apologize. Ah. Ah, definitely makes sense, right? Because now what I want to do when I'm explaining these situations, I'm trying to convey, you know, my growth, me as an individual, that I have an understanding of my emotions and who I am, right? And then I'm also aware that, you know, the next person, be it family member, mother, brother, cousin, or co-worker, they may not. But I can't allow the way that they feel and then still be upset or still they don't accept the way that I want to be approached. But I still have to be mindful of the situation, be aware of the people around me and how they may feel about life because they don't feel the way I feel. They don't know the things that I know. Remember, go back to the thing where I said, well, you should know better. You should know better and things like that, right? Yeah, I kind of had that argument by boyfriend yesterday. Whoa. Well, But see, you wait, wait, wait. We got to go back. Because you think I should know. But what if nobody never taught me that? See? I think that's a great thing, right? Not to digress, but again, it goes back to what I was saying, this communication thing, right? Life, relationships, and stuff like that. Uh, you should know that as an adult. Didn't never see that. My dad worked, my mom did all of this right here. This is what I'm used to. Oh, communicating like you're doing right now. Mm-hmm. All right, so let me go through this then and add this to it. Not that that's wrong, but let me add this to it. Remember the growth part of life? Like, I can't do it overnight. You probably got to tell me how many times. Because remember, I didn't grow up like this. And I may be 19, I may be 20. And then you tell me one time, well, this is what we're going to do. Come on, man. The first time, you think I'm not going to slip up six or seven more times and not do this until we keep communicating my feelings. And then at a particular point, I get it like, oh, my girl doesn't like that. And if I really want to keep this going, I have to adjust and say, all right, let me meet her in the middle. I'm going to clean up before she get home. Not fully. I'm just going to vacuum the floor and throw the stuff under the bed. And that's cool right there. I'm working towards becoming more clean. You know what I mean? Yeah. The patience part of it, right? Right? Those are some good scenarios, guys. Very good scenarios, all right? 
So, uh, disputation, find different ways to think about a situation, right? We just talked about this, right? Different ways to think about a situation, different ways to think about a situation, different ways to think about the situation. Uh, evidence, what evidence do you have to justify your thoughts and feelings? What evidence do you have to justify your thoughts and feelings? Do you have some tangible things, right? Or am I overthinking? Am I overthinking the situation? Or do I have tangible, concrete evidence of why that's justifying me yelling at you, cursing you out for what you're doing wrong? Or what I think you're doing wrong? Or what I think you should know? You know? Uh, thinking errors. Am I thinking irrationally about my situation? And ask yourself, what thinking errors are you making? What thinking errors are you making? What thinking errors are you making? Alternative, what are other possible causes of the situation? Are there other perspectives? Are there other perspectives? Are there other perspectives, right? It's just not mine, right? The way I see it, right? Because uh, we can live on the same floor, right? We both live on the 30th floor. And this is the window, this is my unit, and this is yours, and we face a big, huge brick wall. My perspective is that it's a beautiful canvas that blocks the sun in the daytime. Your perspective is this is the most hideous thing, and I hope they tear this brick wall down. Is that okay? Perspective, we're talking about perspective, right? But this is my perspective. Is my perspective wrong? Is her perspective wrong or that person's perspective wrong? But can I be mindful of this, though? Now, I'm just using that brick wall. I want you to think about your relationships and how you interact with people on a daily basis. Perspective. My parents' perspective, is it wrong? Is my parents' perspective wrong? Remember, if you had to put on your parents' shoes and you had to look at the world through their eyes and everything that they went through, you're going to respond to life the same way, man. But is her perspective wrong? She's coming from her point of view. Then I have my perspective of the situation. We can't meet in the middle then, right? I still think that your perspective is unhealthy for me, though. For me. Not for you. For me. So what I do I need to do? Say that again. Right, because in order to grow, you must let people and things go. So if you want to keep your perspective, that's more than fine. I'm not even mad at you. Do you get a pass for being that way? No, 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 no. But that's your perspective. I get it. I understand it. Based upon your experience, that's, you're going to do only what you know. You're just living off of what you know from your level of awareness. That's it. You're not aware of anything else. You haven't grown yet. I have. So I accept that, right? Then I'm going to go ahead and remove myself from that situation, right? Alternative, what are other possible causes of the situation? Are there other perspective implications? Is reacting in this way going to help or hinder me? You're yelling at him because he's not cleaning up. Is it going to help you or hurt you? Again, depending upon how you respond, does it help you or does it hurt you? That's what you need to be thinking about. 
because I don't want to do any more emotional damage to myself that I think I may already have in the process of trying to heal myself and grow past this. Do I really need to address everything head on first? Not that I need to just let it go and get over it, but I can just take a step back and not address it, you know, process it mentally and emotionally. And just like, all right, cool, I, I get that, I peep that. And just move away from it, right? Uh, usefulness, sometimes the consequences of holding a thought are more destructive than the thought itself, right? Right? The thought of anger, I just can't fucking hate you. I can't believe you did this to me. I hate you. I just can't believe you. I could, how could you do that? How could you let that happen? Why would you do such a thing? You should know better. Now it's been like three, four years. 10 years, 20 years, you still hate them. You're still holding on to it. What is that doing for you? Is it helping you or is it hurting you? Right? All that anger. I can't have a healthy relationship. I'm so mad all the time. I don't trust nobody at all, period, because of what somebody did to me that misused my trust. I don't trust nobody now. I don't trust nobody, period, whatsoever. The professor told me I was doing good. Yeah, I don't, let me see. <laughs> Damn, all right, my bad. You don't have to believe me. All right, cool. You know, doing good. I don't trust anybody. Because I've been so, I, I, you know, I've been so damaged. Somebody did so much to me. I don't know how to let it go. How do I heal myself? Holding on to those negative thoughts, right? And what does it do? It festers within you, right? Right? All right, so here's what it means to be passive, guys, based upon our last activity that we just did, right? Asking these different scenarios. So passive, I don't count, so you can take advantage of me. My feelings, needs, and thoughts are less important than yours. I'll put up with anything. Passive, right? I don't count. So you can take advantage of me. My feelings, my needs, and my thoughts are less important than yours. I'll put up with anything. Those invisible anchors, right? Invisible loyalty, because it's my mama, right? My brother, we've been friends since elementary school. Well, we've been together for so long that I'm so afraid that if I leave this relationship, the next one I'm going to get in is going to be 10 times worse than this one. Because this is my way of thinking. I don't matter. I'm staying right here and I'm going to deal with this. And I just hope that it gets better. I'm just hoping that this person will change and see me for who I really am. Or I'm hoping that I will change. And then if I change, they're going to change. And then everything's going to be all right. We're going to be happy. Everything's going to be good. I'm going to be back with my mother. My father's going to love me better. My friends and things like that. And I'm going to have a joyful life. Being passive. No. Not at all. But you got to be aware of this thought pattern. And how I see myself for those of us who may see ourselves like that. Then there's assertive as we begin to grow. Uh, this is what I think. This is how I feel. This is how I see the situation. How about you? Let's communicate about this. All right? This is how I feel. This is how I think about it. This is how I see the situation. Now you tell me. All right? Let's see if we can dialogue and have a healthy conversation now, right? 
Uh, if our needs conflict, I'm certainly ready to explore differences and I may be prepared to compromise, right? All right. You can clean up, just put it all under the bed and then I'll get it from under there every Sunday. That's me in the middle. But at least it looks clean when I come in now. Then there's aggressive. This is what I think, this is what I want, and what matters to you isn't important. This is how I feel about the situation. This is what I think we should be doing or you should be doing. So whatever you're thinking about, that don't even matter. Because this is what I want. And this is how it's going to be. Like this, the way that I want it to be. I don't see no other way. I don't want to compromise because you don't know what you're talking about. You ain't never been here. You ain't never did this. You don't do nothing at all. No way. So this is how I want it to be. Do we know anybody like that? Aggressive parents, right? Have we ever been like that? Right? Have we ever took that approach and attitude towards life? Right? Again, emotional intelligence, guys. Just want you to think, right? Something to ponder upon, right? Reflect on yourself, actions, and behaviors. Expressing yourself assertively, the I statements, I feel, I've noticed, when you, because, I would prefer, could you please? An example, you have given me too much work. Instead, you know what? I'm at work, boss. I feel kind of overwhelmed because of all this work I have to do. Is there any way I can delegate this to someone else? You think that's a better approach, right? Towards expressing myself in that particular type of situation? without being disrespectful, being aggressive, overly emotional. This is just me communicating my feelings in a respectful manner, by the way, too. I'm not over emotional, not putting the blame on anyone else or anything like that. Right now, this is just how I'm feeling. I just want to express this. And I'm hoping for some change. So I need to express it in this way where someone doesn't feel, you know, threatened, so to speak, or I, I, don't, I don't arouse their ego in a moment because I feel I'm trying to tell them what to do or something, you know? All right, so Aristotle, anybody can become angry. That is very easy, guys, but to be angry with the right person and to the right degree and at the right time and for the right purpose and in the right way, and in the right way, that is not within everybody's power. <laughs> and of course it's not easy, right? I'm again, anybody can become angry, anybody. We all do. We're all guilty of it at times, right? Anybody can become angry. That's easy. But to be angry with the right person. So again, uh, let's use the work environment as the right person. A lot of times in the work environments, we have a difficult time with separating our personal life from the work life, right? Um, I was arguing with my wife or her husband the night before. Then I come to work the next day. Still got that energy in me. You put the wrong report on my desk. Why did you do that? Why would you do such a thing? You're incompetent. Why? Why would you do that? We already gave you a report. You should have done da, 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 da. How do you respond? Aurora? Mm. How do you respond? It's not about you. But you got emotional intelligence. You got a high emotional IQ. Oh, I did the wrong yeah. I could be given more time to 
Aurora, you know what? You got to get out of this class. I think you. But no, that, that's definitely a, a, a great way. That's definitely a great way, right? You don't want to give them back that same energy, right? Now, now you did that, but they were disrespectful. So you did it right there. But now I need you to keep going a little bit further now. You got that part out of the way. Because now I don't need you to do it. You don't want me to come do this again. What you need to do? You already told him I apologize. Give me the I'm gonna get that right report done. But now I need you to show me some respect. I mean, you want me to show you some respect now. How do you do that? What's the time and the place to do that? Mm. What's the place first? At work. But where at work? Do you pull them inside? Do you do it? Do you do that right there? Do you address that right then and there? Because they did it. I did it right then and there. Or do you pull them to the side? If there's no one right here. Everybody's in here. Oh, we all at work together. We, in fact, they staring at us now. <laughs> this is like a soap opera when I come in like that. This is good television right here. Okay. And then, all right. What's your conversation with me? Stapler, paper, Stuff like that, right? Otherwise, we would have to take the situation and move forward to HR. Then there's the other side. If you do that again, I'm gonna kick you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but that was a great way. That's definitely a great way. Give Aurora a oh, round of applause for that. But that was a great approach. Definitely a great way. Now, do those things happen? Do those things happen? What is my level of emotional intelligence? Very low, right? Very, very, very low. Very low. And here's another question for you, Aurora, a bonus one. How do you deal with me in the future now, moving forward? How do you see me? How do you perceive me now? I take extra care to make sure whatever we're talking about or whatever we have to do together, all the information is out and there are, like, no misunderstandings and I know that something might happen. Definitely. Yep, absolutely right. Great approach, Aurora. Again, thanks. That was a great job on that. Great job. All right, so with the right person, right time to the right degree, and for the right purpose and in the right way. Now, that itself is not within everybody's power. Now, we used Aurora. That was a sample. We had the, we was coaching one another, got each other through it. But we know that it takes a lot of restraint for what I did for you not to really spaz out on me. Let's be honest. Come on, right? in a work environment. This is just a scenario. <laughs> we know for many of us, you know, who, who may not have that calmness and that patient, we're going to react a certain way, right? A certain way. Definitely going to react a certain way. But you got to be mindful as you go through the process of life 
and these different challenges and obstacles and these different relationships, these different personalities, these different attitudes that we have to deal with. Eight billion of us roaming the earth, right? None of us are alike and we all kind of coexisting with one another. And then, you know, in many times in these work environments, you know, we're not handpicked to work with each other, right? This is just some random lottery draw. Somebody put their resume in and we sat down for 20 minutes and asked them some arbitrary questions and we liked the way they answered it. Like, yeah, you a good fit. But can I mask those things, right? I'm good enough to do that to get the job. Of course, I'm gonna say all the right answers at that particular moment. I need a job. You gonna think I'm gonna say like I'm an asshole with emotional <laughs> issues? I treat people like shit. Yeah, like, yeah hey, right. I treat <laughs> people like shit. I do that. I do those type of things. And you gonna hire me? Of course not, right? So you gotta be very mindful. You gotta be very, very mindful of these things, right? So, emotional intelligence. In the fields I have studied, emotional intelligence is much more powerful than IQ. That's how we started the class off, right? We talked about your IQ versus your emotional intelligence. Just because you're smart, that doesn't equate to emotional intelligence, meaning that you can navigate through life and be successful in life and relationships, right? Uh, powerful than IQ in determining who emerges as a leader. IQ is threshold competence. You need it, but it doesn't make you a star. Emotional intelligence can. Especially when I have a goal, especially when I'm self-disciplined and I'm trying to get somewhere and I'm trying to incorporate change into my life, especially when I'm trying to heal myself, right? I have to. I have to. I must develop a high level of emotional intelligence. So when we're looking at our brain, I think, or I'm sorry, I think rationally, way over here, then there's the limbic system. Here's how I feel. And all this comes through the spinal cord. If everything's feeding into it, it's going into our brain, right? And this is what's regulating our emotions, right? And how we're responding to life, right? Because everything's right here. Everything's here. That's where all these different ideas, that's where all these emotions are coming from, how we're thinking and how we're feeling. Everything's right here. Everything's all in your head. Everything, your whole reality, perspective, how you see yourself. All those things are right here. All the sadness, the way I feel about everything, it's all right in here, right? So once I develop an understanding of this, who I am, I become self-aware. Got a harp on the self-awareness, right? Learning self-discipline, right? Learning to regulate my emotions. I'm very aware of my emotions throughout the day. As I navigate through these days, through these months and years, as I grow, as I experience uh, loss, uh, as my heart gets broken, right, along the way, all this is mental. And even how I overcome it, it's always going to be mental. And it's always going to be within, internally. It's never external. It's always within you, the individual. You're in full control, 100%. You're always in control. You're always in control mentally and emotionally. You are always in control, even when you respond irrationally. It's under your control. You, that was you. You did that. I didn't do that. You did that. You responded that way. I didn't grab you or shake you or anything like that. You, you did that. You're always in control. Even when you're yelling, screaming, angry, in those moments, you're in control. That's you. It's always you. Uh, EQ affected by your ability to form and keep well-traveled connections here. So, key questions to ask yourself. Let's go to self-awareness. 